What's up? This is Ranting with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is a podcast about anything and everything that could drive a sane person stark raving mad. It could be about news, sports, even though we don't have sports right now, weather, the bus, the train, crackheads, giant umbrellas in the rain. Uh, We are going to check in with Lincoln Mitchell uh, because the point in time has arrived where Trump literally said during his Klan rally clusterfuck of a shit show press briefing that he believes that he has total authority over every fucking thing and that governors and everyone else is going to listen to him and do whatever he says. And literally the dude that asked him was like, excuse me, uh, what? You think you have total authority? Like total? And he was like, yes, I have total authority. The dude who takes no responsibility and who doesn't know a fucking thing thinks he has total authority. So I was, I, I said, you know what? Let's check in with Linky and let's see what he has to say because we have always had the discussion and the rant and the debate of when does this cross the line into becoming some dictatorship or some authoritarian regime and there's always a fine line between that and I don't know what the – I mean, I guess there's a difference between authoritarian rule and dictatorship, and maybe Lincoln can clarify all of that again. Uh, But it's batshit fucking crazy is what it is. And I think still, for me, the most frustrating thing is not one of these fucking reporters has the balls to stand up and be like, fuck you, you crazy fucking lunatic – on live television and be the hero or heroine that we all fucking need, that everyone would support, that the world would rally behind. Call this motherfucker out on the goddamn motherfucking carpet. Don't sit there and perpetuate the bullshit. Don't sit there and try to ask this dude rational fucking questions. He's irrational. He's insane. He's inept. The dude is dumber than a bag of dicks. And there are intelligent reporters that sit in that White House press briefing room or whatever the fuck you want to call it and legitimately try to ask this idiot logical, rational questions that clearly he can't answer without rambling and going off the motherfucking rails. So just stop asking. Stop going. Stop airing it. Let him call Fox. Let him talk to Sean Hannity. Let him talk to Rush fucking Limbaugh. Let him, uh, who gives a fuck who he talks to? Stop letting him ramble on for two plus hours Not that I watch, but I do see what happens on Twitter. I do watch the clips that people post because you got to know what's going on because it it literally, it it is mind-boggling. You're like, there's no way this dude could have said that. And I am waiting. I I was waiting for Yamish Alcindor to get up and be like, fuck out of here, you crazy motherfucker, you racist piece of shit. Here's my fucking press pass. Boom, I'm out. Could you have imagined the upper, if that would have happened on live TV? Can you imagine if Caitlin Collins, after he shushed her and told her enough and completely misogynistically debased her on national fucking television, if she would have said, excuse me, dickhead, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Here's my press pass. I'm out. And brought everybody else with her. The pushing back and standing there and talking to him like he gives a fuck if you put... He, that's fuel for his fire. He thinks that makes him look like a big man for him to stand up there and get all riled up and tell women to shush and look at other dudes like they're from fake news agencies and that they're crazy and he knows everything. When everybody knows that he doesn't know... He's the fucking crazy one. So just fucking stop is basically my point. And then I, I really like... Clearly, I get amped up. But I think it just needs to fucking stop because this free platform of propaganda bullshit that he keeps puking up out of his mouth while Fauci and Dr. Burke sit there like two schmucks 
trapped. Like, just, just stop going. Nobody listens to you there anyway. You just might as well make your rounds on the news circuits. You might as well just say what you have to say because there's no point. Because rational, intelligent people are no longer watching those press briefings because they know it's a shit show. So just say what you need to say on the news shows later on that afternoon or into the evening or into the night and and let it go. Otherwise, fuck it. Otherwise, we'll just follow you on Twitter or we'll get what you said from somewhere else or we'll follow other doctors like Sanjay Gupta or Dr. Yasmin or the Ezekiel guy or anybody else who knows what the fuck they're talking about because that is absolutely, it's like the fucking gong show and nobody wants to hit the fucking gong. I mean, just somebody fucking bang the gong already so and drown this motherfucker out. I think that's, I mean, you get my point. It's, it's, it's absolutely, it is long crossed the line into batshit crazyville. Every one of his press briefings is a joke, but now he is lapping that shit up. It is literally the, in addition to the Adderall going up his nose, it is like being injected into his veins. The fact that he had, he thinks he has the major social media wrapped around his finger for over two hours. And it's, it's, it's insanity. Driving insanity. Who gives a fuck if your Chiron say that he's having a meltdown? Who gives a fuck if your Chiron say he's lying? No, nobody that's watching CNN or MSNBC is reading those fucking Chirons anyway. They're all waiting to watch the shit on Fox News. So just fucking stop it. Just stop it. But but the fact that the dude said he had total authority was like. I'm done, dude. Click, buy, I'm out. Let's check in with Lincoln and let's see what he has to say. So this podcast rant, as it should be, is pretty much 100% Lincoln Mitchell because he has all of the, the right things to say and all of the important things to say, and he literally breaks it down and once again leaves me uh, slightly more terrified than I was before I started talking to him. <laughs> So I think I'm going to go have another cup of coffee. Here's Lincoln. All right, so let's talk about because trending right now, after yesterday, I did not watch the press briefing. However, Twitter was abuzz with the clip of him going total authority bullshit. So now still trending today is hashtag dictator Trump, hashtag King Trump. And people are already tweeting what you've been talking about and what my concern has been since the beginning is that this motherfucker is not leaving office willingly come November. So ready, go. Well, I mean, yes, all of those things are right. And, and the, I'm fascinated by this moment, this kind of historical moment where there is this, this pandemic, which, you know, despite kind of the language of invisible enemy. A pandemic isn't an enemy, right? A virus isn't an enemy. It's a disease. It's a danger, but it's not an enemy. It's not, you know, a foreign power that's working to, to kill you or undermine your country or something like that. It's more, in my view, akin to a massive natural disaster. Okay, right? fine. So if you have a big earthquake, a forest fires, whatever, you have hurricanes, it's bad. People die. Buildings are lost, etc. And then you can make it better by getting healthcare workers there quickly, by getting evacuating people in a timely way, or you can make it worse. There are also right? procedures set in place for all of those things. Now, let's be right. clear. This is the same asshole who wanted to rake the forest floor to prevent forest fires. Right, right, and who let this Puerto Rico hurricane get Correct. much worse than it should. Go ahead. 
Right. So, so, so there are ways to handle that. And, you know, this is a diff, more difficult because it doesn't happen as frequently. And, and, and the fear that it causes among just ordinary people, you, me, whomever, is different, right, than war, different than earthquake. Everything is different. And what, what strikes me is at this moment, what has occurred in the United States, and I will just speak about the United States because it has to do with Trump here, is that people have not, have not even reverted to just doing what's best for themselves because the best thing for yourself is to stay inside, okay, right? right. Nor have they reverted to rallying around a national goal. Let's, let's beat this thing. Let's come together, right? What has happened is that the tribal lines have been hardened. But that's not accurate and not fair to say because it's not tribal lines. What has happened is that the cult of Trump has hardened, right? So that the Trump death cult, and I use that word death, I've only started using that word death since the pandemic because it now is a death cult, has, has hardened. And politically, what that means is that Trump, Trump has always believed what he said yesterday. Right. I think it just presented the moment. I think he has always thought in his head that he is like the king. And this moment popped up and he was like, no, now I have total authority. And it was like the perfect presentation of his insane batshit crazy mentality. But go back to very early on in his presidency. He kept saying there's this thing called Article 2. Article 2 is a section of the Constitution that describes the powers of the executive. And in fact, very limited powers of the executive compared to many other countries, right? But, but... So, so he's always believed he's had this, this kind of infinite total power. What occurred yesterday was that, you know, the over time, beginning even before Trump came to power, I mean, the Senate, back going back to Merrick Garland, which I think is a key turning point, abdicated their responsibilities. I agree with they you. Were, they're required by the Constitution to advise and consent when in the process of choosing somebody for the Supreme Court – the president at that time, Obama, nominated somebody. They says, we're not going to advise a consent because you're black or you're a Democrat or something. I don't quite remember the, the real reason, right? Um, then we saw on the impeachment where they simply did not take their duty, their constitutional duty, which they they swore a new oath to, to serve as a, as a jury, if you will, in a trial setting, comparable to a trial setting. Instead, they re-demonstrated their fealty to Donald Trump. And Trump learned exactly the lesson that we all thought he would learn from that, which is I can do whatever I want. So crazy. And that brings us to the present, where the Senate has advocated the courts, because of how many people McConnell and Trump have put on there, are now fully on subsidiaries of the Trump cult. Terrifying. and, and when you and just take a moment and talk about Brett Kavanaugh, who's one of the five Republican votes on the court. And, you know, I remember discussing this. And I think I wrote about this at the time when he was nominated and then all that stuff about the, uh, him being a rapist came out. And um, one of the things that, 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 that I remember discussing was that there are plenty of conservative judges who will vote the conservative line who don't have that background. Neil Gorsuch, different personal background than, than Brett Kavanaugh. But why? Why did Trump want Kavanaugh? Because he wanted somebody who would be personally loyal. Kavanaugh was at a moment in his life where either he was going to, his career was going to be ruined and he was going to be like only be able to go in kind of right-wing circles the rest of his life, or he would be a Supreme Court justice. And if it became the latter, it would be a per, he would owe something personally to Trump. And that's what's happened. So now 
The remaining check on power. There was also some money payoff, some weird money yeah, trail some of something going off. on. But yes. go ahead. Baseball tickets. Yeah. So, so the remaining check on presidential power is the states, the federalist system. And yesterday, now, now any one state, even California, right, which is the biggest and most powerful and wealthiest state, cannot really compete with the federal government. Right? It's only one state. No matter how big California is, Gavin Newsom can only make decisions for one state. But, but a multi-state pact, okay. particularly when it brings in the most wealthiest and important influential states, is a real threat to executive power. And when Trump saw that coming, he was terrified. Because the truth is, if those 10 governors say we're, not, we're going to social distance, there's nothing to Well, now Trump. they've made a pact that they don't give a fuck. They basically flip right. in the middle finger. No, that's what I'm saying. That's right. what he's responding to. Wait, Lincoln, you got to keep the computer straight because it's making a sorry. really bad— Okay. That's, that's what he was oh, responding to. Oh, it's ISIS. It's not— the, It's ISIS, yes. God, God. What do you think it was? I didn't know. It was like a sound of like rubbing against, and then the dog popped into the screen. So just so people could know, it wasn't you manipulating the computer. It was a giant dog on your lap, but go ahead. Right, right. So so, so that's what's so threatening to him. And 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 what, what those 10 governors are trying to do is to save lives. What, how this will play out is this will – Trump will say these Democratic governors well, – although one is actually Republican – these Democratic governors comp- conspired to shut down the economy knowing that it would hurt me. And, but, but the more the, – to me, you know, the, the kind of equally or perhaps more profound thing is that, is that I don't – I think that what Trump said yesterday – from the moment he became he won that election, like won in quotes, that election in November of 2016, it was only a matter of time till he landed there. It was only a matter of time. There is nothing about Trump's character that has changed since this pandemic. Correct. Hit. There is nothing about his lack of respect for law, any of that. Or it's his intelligence, or his willingness or his to learn, or right. his right. willingness to give any control to or anybody else to, or his ability to not be to think of anything besides how it affects him personally in the moment correct this was all going to happen and we have spoken thought about the pandemic itself and how the trump administration wasted time they, they and shut cost down lives and cost lives and, and therefore costing lives but the resistance and and here i want to be clear the democratic party wasted time too by refusing to wrestle with just what it profound threat to democracy Trump represented. And now I am sure that if I peruse the opinion pages of, you know, the, all the big newspapers and everything today, I'm going to read all these articles about how democracy is under threat. Democracy is not under threat in the United States. Democracy has been destroyed in the United States. The task now is not to defend, de- destroyed is a strong word. Democracy has been, has been. That's terrible, Lincoln. You got to get her either off your lap or. I'm never going to get ISIS computer. off my lap. Well, you have to keep her away from the microphone part then. Okay, stay away from the microphone. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Go give her stay a treat or something. Go ahead. Because you're treat. making a really good point because democ- right. democracy right. is Democracy is not terrifying. being – is not under attack. The damage is done. Okay. The damage is done. We are not at the end of the beginning of the collapse of American democracy. We are in the middle of the middle, right? We are in the thick of it. And – we are now hearing the things that we should have been hearing in late 2016. Democracy is under attack. And this, of course, is, is as we head to this election, there is this temptation to just say, oh, if we just elect Joe Biden, everything will be all right. And obviously, I'm supporting Joe Biden enthusiastically because he's the only option now. Right. Um, but, but if there, there's so many things that have to happen that we take for granted that we shouldn't, 
right? One, if Joe Biden wins the election, God, don't he will be if. able to he will be able to take office, right? We all assume that. Stop assuming that. I've, I've been saying stop. Assuming right, that I believe you. I agree with you. A long you. time, but but not just stop assuming that. Start planning. Right. For what happens there. Secondly, if Donald, if, if Joe Biden is elected and takes office in January of 2021, we are assuming that large swaths of the country will listen to him. Will treat him as the president. This pact that the states are making today, these 10 states, uh, three in the West, seven in the East, are making, is important because it's a life and death matter. But it sets a precedent. You could easily see Oklahoma, uh, you know, these deep South states, Mississippi, these states with these governors are morons, making a pact when Joe Biden becomes president to make their own uh, federal, to make their own environmental regulations. Right? But that's okay, but, but let them do that and that will be their death sentence. If, if but they- but the, yes, of course. But I'm just saying that that that, that is because what in, in a moment of emergency, when Trump has already destroyed the democratic institutions, small d democratic institutions, this backs the Democratic Party into a difficult corner. Either they respond in kind by playing hardball, in which case that's the new normal, even when Trump leaves office, or they let Trump roll over them. And the first choice is obviously the better one, and that's what they've done. My, my point is that this system, in my view, is irrevocably broken. It doesn't mean I, – I think there's a, a one in four chance that midway through 2021, a lot of people think, hey, things are back to normal. But they won't be. But they won't be. This is not going to get undone easily. right? And, and, and then a fourth – a third assumption is that if Joe Biden leaves office and he's able to govern more or less, that Donald Trump will just go away. Donald Trump is not going to go to Mar-a-Lago and play golf, right? Donald Trump is going to go to Mar-a-Lago and play golf and then periodically hold his kind of Klan rally rallies. At what point did right? he not get arrested and go to jail for every law that he's broken since, I mean, is that that's just not going to happen? I think Trump gets arrested and goes to jail when he stops being a political figure, which is why he'll never stop being a political figure. And I think that's why he ran in the first place. I but think I, my, my big point here is that is that we are— the, the, the danger is – the moment of peril is now. Right. But there's not – we have we – have, Trump has, has said what his vision is. He has said what his plan is. He has said how he, he – I mean he has said that he thinks he has total power. I mean you can and, look at the panel that he created to reopen America and that in itself is terrifying right. into that point. Right. No economists, no public health experts, no diversity. Right. No diversity. It's got his daughter and his fucking slumlord son-in-law. Right. Right. Although here now he's dropping them, but but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. So. Right. But I think that's just indicative to your point that he, the guy like continues to give absolutely zero fucks and will only put people in positions like he's always done that will right. continue to like kiss his ass and, and do what he says. For what reason? I still don't know because we talked everyone's career is destroyed and I think it's the moments that people are missing like yesterday when he said that when he said that and I watched the clip and Caitlin Collins could have stood up and and been another hero that that everyone would have been behind and said 
You're crazy. She didn't have to use any profanity. She didn't have to say this is batshit nuts. That's not how this works. Here's my press pass. I'm leaving. And and the cameras would have followed her out. I agree. I and agree. And, 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 and part of the reason why these... Why nobody can do that is nobody has fully internalized just how big the crisis is. But it is. It's one person. Just, it's one reporter that that could be the national hero that, that we need. Or the woman, or the other woman, or the Reed woman who also pressed him to death. And then the guy that was like, oh, you think you have authoritarian power? You think you're in total control? Like, at that point, you'd be like, okay, well, you know what? I'm totally going to walk the fuck out and leave. Thanks a lot. There's two points here. One is that is that... All of those reporters who are trying to do their best are still, it is still so, I mean, when you wake up in the morning, I remember I gave a talk shortly after the election in 2016, or maybe it was early 2017, and I said, if you want to understand what's going on in America, when you get up in the morning, say to yourself, this is no longer a democracy. And I really, I believe that then, and I believe that now. You get up in the morning, and you tell that to yourself, everything else you see on Twitter, on the news, on the radio, on, you know, if you go but to media websites. But on an individual level then, what do you do? Like if wait, I woke wait, wait, up hold on, let me just let okay, me finish go ahead. It makes sense, right? But yes. if you don't, if you don't take that assumption, then, you're, th- then you spend the rest of your day trying to rationalize things away. And that is where, but the former is much harder. It's much harder. To, so, so what do you do? Right. That's a much more difficult set of questions. And right now we're frankly running out of time, right? What we needed to be doing was one, planning for massive demonstrations on election night. Two, liaising with the security services, right? The, the military, the police, so that we know what they're doing. Three, trying to get Republican defectors who would say this is wrong. We never really worked on that the way There's we There's been one. It's that Amash guy. We and I think, that's, I think that's but, it. But it didn't have, it could have been more than one if we'd done this the right way. You think so? Yeah, yeah. And fourth, and fourth, start talking about it. Normalize the idea that he's not going to leave office because then that forces people to say he will leave office. And then they're on the record as saying it. And then, But there's two other thoughts here. One, one, every day that goes by, he brings more people. So when you say why, I don't understand why they're doing this for Trump. The reason is if they don't, their careers are over. If, when, as soon as Trump loses power, all of the people, the co-conspirators, the apologists, and the enablers are... Some are going to go to jail. Some will never work again, and some and some will spend the rest of their lives. People saying you were, you know, with with that kind of scarlet. Like you scarlet all have blood on your hands at this point. Right. So because of that, when that becomes, and I've seen this in other countries, when that becomes a situation, support hardens for the authoritarian leader from the people around him because they're in it with him. And it's and a fear, a, and they have a fear. That's a fear, and that has always been true of Trump. And it's, and it's more true today. But I want to add one last point, which is the following. And, and, and this I got from a friend of mine. Uh, I was discussing this with last night, and we were talking about how I was making this point that federalism may just be the last check on Donald Trump. And he said, yes, that's true, until he sends somebody to go arrest Andrew Cuomo or Gavin Newsom. For what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In Trump's mind, Trump thinks... Trump's thinks like the, the, the federal government is like the HMS pinafore or something, right? And and he's just like I'm you know, he, you know, you almost expect him to show up in a uniform with like oversized brass, you know, buttons and all of that kind of thing. And he thinks that I just say I command thee and it happens. So he will he you know, it's I don't wanna I mean I don't I don't see it happening, but it's a thought experiment, right? And some because because I've heard too many I was listening to um uh 
Virginia Heffernan on, on the Trump cast, who's a good voice on this stuff. And she said, well, Trump will have to leave office if he loses because the Capitol Police will come and get him. That is nonsense. The Capitol Police are not removing Donald Trump from office. I know. You told me that when I said the SWAT team should go in and the marshal should drag his ass out. There's no political authority that will tell them to do that. And similarly here, the only one crazy enough to use these kind of – is Trump. And if Trump says, I'm sending the military to arrest Andrew Cuomo because he's subverting whatever, who knows? And, and and nothing is – I'm not saying that will happen, but we have to be prepared. Well, it's interesting because Cuomo's already pushing back. Like he – it's all – you know, his statement is already all over Twitter that like it, it's not going to get to that. If it gets to that point, there's going to be a problem. Like what what's the problem going to be? This is like now going to be two bu- – not two bullies, but one bully and Trump saying uh, you're going to do what I tell me to do and Cuomo – is going to puff up his chest and be like, I'm not, go fuck it. I'm not going to do what you tell me to well, do. Well, first of all, that is how you deal with the bully. I mean, Cuomo gets credit for that. Right, right, for sure. But I'm, I'm saying Cuomo could, Cuomo's not the bully in this case. He's going right, to be the right. one. Right, right, he's standing up to the bully. Right. That right, is- but, but uh, my, my, my big point here is that is that is now more or less April 14th, right? If you I, say I so. It is April 14th. It is April 14th. <laughs> I have this little calendar on my computer. <laughs> Thank God. Right, so, so in seven months there'll be an election. It seems like Less an eternity away. But, but we have to be prepared for anything in the next seven months. There is no, I mean, you know. I mean, you were zero. saying this before we had to deal with a pandemic. I mean, that's the, that's the insane part is like the pandemic right, but, on top of all of the other batshit insanity that's typical for this. Right, but this has ratcheted up the stress. It's certainly ratcheted up the stakes. A hundred percent. And and it has forced you know partisan divisions because that, that are even greater because the Republican Party the one I mean the Republican Party once again demonstrates that its personal fealty to Donald Trump is the driving and unifying and only compelling force within that party. There's no ideology behind this. There's no national the national interest here would be would have been. To solve this problem, prevent the pandemic, have 15,000 deaths and be the leader. That would be the best thing for the U.S. Yes, a lot of black people wouldn't die, and I suppose the Republican Party thinks that's probably okay and maybe helpful if black people die. But still, it would have been good for the United States. Instead, they've let this happen. They are let – they know. I mean Bill Bennett, who is a, you know, a kind of a right-wing ideologue propagandist, was on Fox or something yesterday, been around forever – saying, you know, this is not a pandemic, this is no worse than the flu. Well, why is he saying that? He's saying that, one, because he, obviously if you follow the money enough, has some financial stake in saying that. Two, he wants to win. He wants the cult of Trump to prevail. And those are the reasons. And three, I suppose on some level he doesn't really want to be exposed for the fraud he is. So he just keeps repeating the lies. And, and we see that, I mean, yesterday there's a whole new batch of people, Bill Bennett being one of them, saying these lies and and how does like how do you walk that back how do you walk and 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 that's why like for me this this multi-state pack you know we are in the middle of you know the car it's not a matter of of oh my goodness the car is driving to the edge of the cliff and we better slam on the brakes so we don't go over the cliff okay That'd be bad enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. The car has gone over the cliff. And we're just kind of, we just don't know where it's going to land, right? It might, you know, blow up in a fiery mess. It might um, miraculously land in, in, in a field of, you know, horse manure and cushion the blow, right? I mean, we just don't know. 
but but that's that's kind of that's an imperfect metaphor. But but that's how bad this is right now. Right. And and so that when when the history of the collapse of the American Republic and of the American democracy is written, you know. Um, and by the way, we should always remember who writes history: overeducated left wing people who are often Jewish. Right. Correct. So we'll have our own, we'll have our <laughs> take on it. But but I think that when we do write that history, and I hope to be – I'm a political scientist, but I do write history sometimes. On, I think April 13, 2020 is going to be an important day. And I've never said – I'm not one of these people who said, you know, this is the thing that will change everything. I've been very wary to say that. I don't think this is the thing that will change everything. But I think it will be pointed at as the moment where right now, if you're waking up today, if you, if you spent yesterday, if you had the good fortune – to be able to spend yesterday somewhere safely, with enough food inside, with enough work to distract you from the news. So I had the first two, but not the last. Right? Okay. <laughs> and if you and if and if you did that, and then you watched a movie or had had dinner and watched a movie before you went to bed, and then you woke up and decided to spend two hours reading the newspaper. I don't know how you do that without thinking something dramatic happened yesterday. Yeah. Two things dramatic happened. One, the president said, "I'm a." I'm, I'm the dictator now. I don't like to use that word dictator too much, but I'm using it. But now. can we use? But uh, okay, can we use it now? I mean, at what I'm point? I'm the authoritarian. I'm the authoritarian leader now. I'll tell you why it's not a dictator in a second. Okay. I'm the authoritarian leader now, and half the country said okay. Forty percent of the country said okay, and then ten states, which combined represent almost half the country, and certainly half. And, and certainly, I mean, let's say this: if you took those ten states against the rest of the country in a football game, eh, it might take the rest of the country, right? In terms of uh, who's going to invent the next medical breakthrough, the next tech breakthrough, write the next great book, the next, you take the other, those 10 states, right? Correct. Uh, ensure our civil rights, et cetera, said, we're going to work together and not listen to the federal government. Those are turning points, potentially. So, so yesterday was an important day. Um, and, and we don't know how this will end up, but we do know that, I, I think if you, if you believe now that this ends with an uncontested election, Joe Biden putting his hand on that Bible on January 21st, and Donald Trump graciously shaking his hand. Yeah, that'll never I, happen. I think you're living in a fantasy world. I think you're living in a fantasy world, and it is not helpful for anybody. I mean, I guess some people. But for the most part, it's not helpful to live in a fantasy world, and it's really not helpful when the political elite don't insist on living in a fantasy world. Do you think that there are people that honestly think at this point that that will even be anywhere remotely close to happening? Yeah, go out and talk to people. Well, don't go out. Well, no, I'm not going. <laughs> Talk to people on FaceTime. Talk to people. Yes, people believe that. They, I mean, and the thing is this. I want to be clear here. Biden has to win. Yeah. Right? He has to win. The situation I, I want on late election night on Tuesday, November 3rd, I want to be demanding that Donald Trump accept his defeat. Because the other option is that Trump manages to win. Right? And that's even worse. So the, the, the challenge facing the, the Democrats here is, one, win the election. And two, ensure that the victory is honored. And both of those are difficult tasks. But I think people have to know behind the scenes that that is a hurdle that they have to overcome at this point. I am sure that if you talk to Joe Biden's people or, or you know, Nancy Pelosi's people, yes. But that needs to get out there more. Because, because, 
Well, everybody's so caught up in the hype and the bullshit and the chirons and what people are saying and like the. But the problem is also this. The, the problem is also this: is that is that Donald Trump is hated by fifty-five eh, percent of the people, roughly, but not by seventy-five percent of the people. And until that, until you get to that number, it's very hard. If he says, "I actually won," you know, that's why for Donald Trump, and I've said this all along, the most important thing for Trump is to keep his base deeply loyal. That is more important for him than to get, you know, what what maybe a majority of support. Look, I happen to think that all those major networks that continue to cover these press briefings are helping him to keep his base completely loyal because they're giving him unlimited free airtime to hold his Klan rallies because he can't go anywhere else to do anything. I said, at the end of the news, and Donald Trump's uh, continued mental breakdown was televised today, and you can find more about it on our website. Just leave it at that. Yeah, and cut away and leave it alone. But, you know, it's also crazy that I don't follow this chick, but it was also on Twitter that one of the leaders of Bernie Sanders' campaign came out on Twitter yesterday and was like, I absolutely don't believe Joe Biden's Medicare for all, and therefore I cannot endorse him, and I'm voting for Trump. I think we have to ignore these people. I mean— I do really they, do. We can ignore them. My my fear is that being the fact that she, I think she's either African-American or mixed race or biracial or something, is that what type of influence does she have over well, we other know. people? But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Anybody, there are people out there who are, burned, let's say the universe of people who voted for Bernie in the primaries, right? A lot, the majority, the big majority are like, ah, oh, screw it, I got to vote for Biden, right? Uh, right. A lot of them are just like, I'm not enthused, but I'll vote for the guy, right? That's fine. A lot are, you know, I, don't, I wasn't really paying that much attention. Let's see what Biden has to say. I think that's legitimate. I mean, I think there are people, you know, we assume, you assume that everyone's paying more attention, but there are people like, well, let's see, you know, I don't know. But, and then there are people who are like, like this woman. I know he's not, therefore I'm voting for Trump. If you are in that third category, if you're paying enough attention to decide you're voting for Trump now, you might as well go out and get a MAGA hat and go to a Klan rally, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and then, yeah. And so, so I don't, I think that, 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 that I'm not trying to persuade those people to change sides. And I don't want to give them a lot of, I mean, I mean, you're always, there's always going to be a little hemorrhaging. It just doesn't, like, I just cannot get worked up about them. I know, I just can't understand how that's they, a train of thought for, you know, for somebody that would, that Sanders would put enough faith into hire in, in that type of position. For, here's the thing. I mean, the, the untold story about Bernie Sanders is that he ran two shitty campaigns, partially because he surrounded himself with people who were in way over their heads. He had a lot of positives going for him both times, and he underperformed. That's the bottom line. This notion that he was this miracle candidate, this, he raised all this money, he outraced Joe Biden, he could have done the knockout punch, and he refused to. He couldn't. It, it, the campaign was unable to grow. It was inflexible, and that's partially because he surrounded himself with people who weren't that good. And this is important because right now, what are the Bernie people saying is that we want influence on the platform? Let me tell you something. As somebody who was very sympathetic to a lot of Bernie's ideas, although I did not uh, support him, and I'm not going to vote for him because it's in New York. Uh, we, we won't vote yet. But I didn't, I didn't vote for him in 2016 in the primary either. But as somebody who's very sympathetic to ideas, fuck the platform. The platform doesn't matter. And anyone who's been around politics yeah. knows that. Do you know what matters? Getting your people into positions. And you knew who understood that better than anybody was, by the way, was Elizabeth Warren, right? But the problem is Bernie doesn't have decent people around him, right? And, and, and what he should be doing, and he should have said after 2016, is I want to take over the DNC. I will campaign aggressively for Hillary Clinton if I want this yeah. in the Senate. 
I want this people on Chuck Schumer's staff and I want these people at DNC, but he can't do that. Instead, it's bullshit about the platform. If It doesn't matter if you put Medicare for all on the platform. It's not going to happen. So what right? is the manipulation and what is – so what? what is – is that what he thinks he's going to do with his delegates and why he's, you know, choosing to stay in well, to remember, use that for leverage for something? Okay, let me, let me, let me just pay Bernie a compliment. The Democratic Party had to win that judicial race in Wisconsin yesterday. A key way to winning that race was to make sure there was high turnout in a very difficult situation, right? Because remember, the Democratic governor, Governor Evers of Wisconsin, rightly wanted to postpone or do – Right. And the Republicans tried to suppress the vote, right? And they thought they could so, – so the fact that there are five voting locations in the entire city of Milwaukee, why is that? And so the Republican running for the court, which would – which would, if he'd won, they would have had a 5-4. He was an incumbent. If he'd reelected Republican – majority on the Supreme Court of the state of Wisconsin, which would have been enormously relevant because potentially all the election and voting-related issues that could go in front of that court as we move towards the general election, right? But but they didn't um, – but, but despite all that, they had the election, which the Democrats didn't want. The only way they could get turnout was if there was something happening at the top of the ticket. That's why Bernie waited to the day after Wisconsin to get out. His voters came out, and they voted for the woman who was running on the Democratic side – for the judge. And yesterday she won by a lot, by like 80,000, 100,000 or more votes. Thank God. So Bernie gets some credit for that. The next day he dropped out. And then yesterday, I mean, it was lost because yesterday was a crazy news day. But yesterday right. he supported Biden pretty earlier than last time with Hillary and unambiguously. Right. So as far as I can see, all right, if you're if you're a Bernie bro, you know what Bernie's doing. And if that's not enough to get you to vote for Biden, then, then, then this is I mean, look, there are people I mean, I mean, politics is both important. I mean, it is important. It is national. It is global. If you're in a country like the United States, but it is also deeply personal. You know, and for some people, and I don't, I don't particularly respect this opinion, but for some people, their identity as the person who just hates the establishment is so important to them that they will do something that is harmful to other people as long as it allows them to hold on to that identity. In my view, that's something you do from a position of privilege. And it's also something you do if you don't give a shit about other people. Right. Right. But but that is that is what's out there in a lot of people. I talk to these people. I have, you know, I, I mean, I, I have friends like this. And it's just like, what do you, like, it is, I mean, I have a friend who was, I've known him my whole life, and not my whole life, but since college. And and he is a total Bernie bro. And he just thinks Biden's going to lose. And he's, I mean, he wants to laugh when Biden lives. Like, why don't you... You know, rather than take that attitude, why don't you help Biden win? Because you, because this guy is smart enough to know how bad Trump is, right? But, but that's what a lot of this is about. It's just it, it, it is mind boggling to me that it's it's people's lives. Like it is it is a matter of life and death. I think this election. I think at this point, if if you yeah. choose to sit it out, if you choose not to vote, if you're like now I'm not voting for Biden or I'm going to vote for Trump because fuck Biden and screw everybody else, you will eventually get caught up in that shitstorm of getting screwed. Right. Which- I mean, look, there's we have voter suppression issues which we know about, but other than that, every American citizen has a tool they can use to dislodge Donald Trump. They have exactly one tool, and that tool is to vote for Joe Biden, right? It's not to get pissed off and stay home. It's not to write in Bernie Sanders. It's not to vote for some quirky third-party candidate. You, have, you can either vote if you want to dislodge Donald Trump from the White House. The first step is to vote for Joe Biden, not to vote, exclamation point, to vote for Joe Biden, okay? Right. As, as, the, as, the, uh, as the social critic Mark Maron said in 2016, it's the World Series. It's the Indians and the Cubs. You can't go and root for the Yankees. 
The Indians and the Cubs. <laughs> Trump, for, in that case, Trump versus Clinton. It's the same thing here. If your team, I mean, you know, if the Giants, well, they're not going to they have baseball anyway, so it's a bad metaphor. But if your team isn't in the World Series, got to root for one of the two teams because your team isn't playing. Right. You can't, or you can't just turn around and be like, fuck this sport. Like, I don't care. Like, right, and, right. And, and in this case, you either vote for Biden or, you vote, or, or, or you're helping Trump. There's no other way to understand that. And I don't really have a lot of patience for people who are smart enough, attuned enough to politics now to be paying enough attention to have an opinion on this and land on the, oh, I think I'll stay home or I can't bring myself to vote for Joe Biden. I don't have any patience for that. I don't want to hear it. I don't really. And, and, and let me tell you something. My, I will put my credentials on the left and my family's credentials on the left going back to for a century now up against any of these people. I've been marching and protesting since before many of them were born. And I share many of these beliefs. Bernie Sanders and I were on the same side of elections going back to the 80s. Not that we knew each other, because I'm not like a big shot like that. Right. But, you know, I mean, I, I've supported Medicare for all going back to the 80s, you know? Like, I'm not new to these ideas. But right now, you either vote for Biden or you vote for Trump, as far as I'm concerned. And, and if you're doing anything but voting for Biden, you are helping Donald Trump. And I don't want to hear it. And I don't want to hear from you. And I think that's the bottom line. I think that's every ad that needs to run. I don't think there needs to be any talk about any policy. I don't need, think there needs to be any right. talk about anything. I agree with you. I think it is literally just we need to start from less than scratch, less than zero, figure this out once he's gone and, and, and gotten and, rid of. And all of just, them are gone. Like all just to be of clear. them. If Joe Biden were in the White House, had been in the White House on January 1st of 2020, just by whatever quirk, it would have saved the lives of tens of thousands of Americans before all is said and done. Tens of thousands. If Bernie Sanders had been in the White House, same thing. But it's the same, the point, same thing. Right. Both of these guys would run this type of crisis in a competent, science-based way. Period. Listen, I agree. For me, it always came down to but her emails, but nobody would have died. Like, the amount of, there would, no, kids would not be in cages. Nobody right. would be dying. Like, it's always, but this, but that. And I think it's now, but when are we going to, uh, when are we going to get the fuck out of this? And how are we going to get out of it? And do we get out of it? And what happens when we get out of it? And when do we, mar- who's and going to a protest rally? I'm going to stand 27 I, feet from you holding no, a fucking this is, sign? This is maybe what keep him in office, but we'll see, because November's still ways away. Okay. I'm, I, will, I will. I think if it comes to it, I'll wear my my. I'll give a mask by then, and I'll go to protest rally. Will you? I wear a bandana. I wear a bandana now. How are you going to social distance if there's fifty thousand people in this? In November. I'm talking about November. Let's see what happens in November. I'm not talking about tomorrow. Oh yeah, no, I'm not talking about tomorrow. But even still, all right. I'm open to it. I'm open okay. To it. We have to see what the health situation. Maybe by then I'll put a comma on my protest sign for you. And just Good. and just make you happy because I uh, other than that I just can't I I, I can't watch the I, I turn the news off I watch it go by on Twitter I comment on it I think that it's a joke I think that the joke is that the media is being sucked into continuing the loop of airing his shit but then changing the Chiron to say he's now lost his mind and he's having a meltdown but you were gonna just right. say link the difference between an authoritarian ruler and a, and dictator, a dictator because what it's got to be a fine line. I think I think the difference for me is that is that a dic- Trump isn't a dictator yet because he isn't really running things. I mean, well, well, I mean, what he well, he hasn't consolidated that power yet. I think he'd like to be a dictator. I think he, he thinks he's one. He thinks he's one. He thinks his constitution makes him a dictator. He hasn't fully consolidated that power, and he doesn't have the ability to make us go out and do things. A dictator can say you have to be at the town square at ten o'clock. 
Okay. Trump doesn't have that ability. Everyone has to wear a red hat. Only 40% of the country wears a red hat. Okay. Right. And my apologies if you're a fan of the Cincinnati Reds or the St. Louis Cardinals. So, yeah. Then you have a dispensation to wear a red hat, but the rest of us, no. So, is that basically, so that's basically the, the, the streamlined yeah. definition? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, but I think he's clearly an authoritarian leader. I mean, that's clearly, and that's bad enough. Okay. All right. I don't know where we go from here. Maybe lunch. I got to get back to work. All right, go back to work. At least you're working. Good, nice sweatshirt, yeah. though. Does that say Mississippi on it? No, it says Mission, which was a minor league baseball team in San Francisco. Oh. Not a minor league Pacific Coast. All right. Baseball. By the way, how's your mom? Is everybody okay out there? Everything's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right, Lincoln. Go. Right. Uh, we'll we'll tell people to go check out your Mitchell Minute, and we'll we'll check back in with you. And uh, one of these days, we'll bump into each other nine thousand feet apart on the hill. Right on. All right. I'll catch you later. All right. All right. Bye. bye. Okay, so there you have it. All of the confidence-boosting, spirit-lifting, enlightening information from Lincoln Mitchell. And you can always follow him on his Instagram, at Lincoln A. Mitchell, where he posts his Mitchell Minute every day. Also on the Twitter machine, at Lincoln Mitchell. You can check out his website. You could read his books. You could actually peruse his website and learn more about Linky. Um, and you can vote, like Lincoln said. Not vote exclamation mark, but actually vote to make a difference, to bring an end to this nightmare and this hellscape that we are currently living in so that we can begin to repair it, rebuild it, whatever else we have to do to it, nurse it back to health, literally and figuratively. Um, And you can also join us every night, 8 o'clock, on my Instagram for the coronavirus DJ jam, where we all just kind of hang out, dance, listen to some good music, meet the peeps. It's hosted by Franklin uh, at F-R-A-N-Q-L-1-N on the Instagram, and by Mr. Dirty Martini. We also get guest appearances from Hamburger Jake, and we get guest appearances from Bay Block AC, and all the regular peeps roll in. Chef Wong, who does is kind enough to take time out of her ass whooping of me on words with friends. We got people from all over the world. We had a bunch of people from Argentinish, Argentinia. I need more coffee from Argentina. We've had people show up from Israel. We've had people show up from Canada. We've had people show up from the East Coast, the West Coast, down south. Um, because not everyone is an idiot redneck in the south, as uh, Luther can attest to. Um, and it's just a good group of peeps. We got people from the Dominican Republic. We got people, we got all the good peeps just chilling. Um, you know, we speak multiple languages and I pretty much just speak the language of music because I can barely clearly at this point speak English. So jump in, check us out. Find me on the Instagram at doodleheads. Uh, you know, until Instagram stops cutting off my live stream and matching my fucking music content, because I'm really sure they're still doing that to Questlove. I'm really sure they're doing that to Diddy and to Bobito and to Stretch. Uh, I mean, maybe it's because I don't have the blue check mark next to my name and I'm not verified. Well, fuck that. Uh, you don't need a blue check mark to be doing good things. Uh, fuck your blue check mark. Uh, and if I'm not in Twitter jail, you could find me uh, out of Twitmo at Small Pencil Club. Uh, and you could keep an eye on Mo, Larry, Curly, and Ralph, who are my daffodils that are in my tiny plot. Uh, from seeds to soil, because I'm doing some urban agricultural gardening on the roof while I foster uh, this crate until the time when we can get them all back together and and, and reassemble uh, the rooftop garden, uh, prime produce. So you could follow seeds to soil. You could just follow tiny plots. You can 
get into urban gardening. If you have any questions about that, let me know. I know the people to put you in touch with. Uh, And that's pretty much it. That's where we're at. We're staying home. We're washing our hands. We are thanking every single motherfucking health hero that is on the front lines from the nursing homes, Guapa, to the NICUs, Nicole. Oh, I just put your name on blast. If you want to rant, we could come back and people will forget that by now. But uh, And Michelle, who came back from getting COVID after she did her job and built 300 ICU beds to take care of critical, critically ill patients at the hospital in where she runs that department, brought COVID back to her entire family, and now is going back to work. So if you have a problem sitting your fucking ass on your fucking couch and, and, and you can't get your shit together to do that, think about all of those people that are not only putting themselves, but their families, their immediate families at risk to not only save the lives of people that are sick, but to save the lives of all of us so that we can sit here and watch Netflix and rant and go on the roof and take care of Mo, Larry, Curly, and Ralph and walk our dogs in the morning and social distance and put on our big people pants, whether you change your sweatpants or not, and stay the fuck home, wash your fucking hands, and sit this one the fuck out. Because you literally need to do the minimum to do the fucking maximum, and that doesn't happen very often in life. Really, it probably shouldn't happen that often in life. And, and, and with that being said, I will see you at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Canadian time could be whatever coast of Canada you're on, I, I, as there are many. Donuts may or may not be joining us because he may or may not be at the bonfire that he lights in his backyard with these unbelievable views of British Columbia. Uh, who also puts himself on the front line? volunteering for the Riondal Volunteer Fire Department. All of these people, all of these people are selflessly sacrificing so that I can have a fucking 8 p.m. live DJ jam. So get your shit together. Go make yourself a cup of coffee. Hashtag coffee o'clock. Tag me in the pictures. We can all drink more coffee together. Um, And I will see you when I see you. Until the next time, thanks for listening. Uh, Mary Beth and... Kim and everybody that's out there, you know, listening to all and finding some humor in this, if you can, or some or some education or some inspiration or some knowledge. We are all in this together. We are all alone together. We are all going to get through this somehow. Whatever the new normal is going to be, we'll fucking figure it out as we get there. And until the next time, wash your motherfucking hands. Peace and hair grease. (laughs) 